You know, spiritual awakening doesn't mean you have to float away on a cloud of Zen, okay? It can be as basic as becoming aware that you are more than labels, titles, and roles, and that you are not the thoughts you think. You're separate from them. I'm Bridget Blythe Briere, a regular girl going through a shift that I'm sharing with you because it feels good to figure out how to unlock heart and mind to reveal the true self and live with a deeper connection to the universe and everything in it. You can have that too. And these episodes are meant to help provide you with guideposts to pursue your own path to becoming socially responsible. Well, either welcome back or hello for the first time. How are you today? Like, did you wake up feeling good and hopeful? Or did you wake up with the pit of dread in your stomach? Because I used to be an almost full-time pit of dread first thing in the morning person (laughs) for most of the day (laughs) until I started making it a point to figure out how to not feel that way. So now I consciously choose to walk a path pursuing peace inside myself. And this does not by any stretch mean that I feel awesome all the time. It just means that I don't deep dive into thoughts that lead me to or keep me feeling like crap, right? Feel your feelings, but don't deep dive into some story that holds you there. If you're listening, you must be ready to unlock your own choices. And yeah, honestly, it is a lot easier to not choose to do things differently. It's easier to operate on autopilot. But when you start actually flying your brain plane, with intention. Life becomes a poop load more manageable and you start to like yourself more. And I've found that loving myself, not arrogantly, but gently, even with all my flaws, allows me to be way less critical of myself and therefore less critical of others. And then in turn, I can be present not lost in thought, because that pulls you out of reality, and then you're not where you are. You might as well just be where you are. Okay, I'm far from perfect at this, by the way, but I do now notice each time that I'm judging, and then I back off. Sometimes it is quicker to realize than others, but I always get there. And so you'll recall that in episode one, I gave a challenge to take notice of judgment thoughts as they popped into your head while you're listening. And so let's do it again in episode two, because practice makes progress after all. And that's what we're going for. Progress, not perfection, because that's just not really possible. So we're going to practice. And as I'm talking, you're just mentally checkmarking those moments where your brain makes a judgment statement or slaps a label onto me or onto something I'm saying. Or maybe you notice something I'm saying leads you to labeling or judging yourself. Great. Notice. We pay attention to this because that's what begins to unlock that deeper level of awareness about autopilot thinking. Autopilot thoughts stifle the soul. You fly your brain plane. Choose it. Because... When you're stifling your soul with those autopilot thoughts, that tends to keep you miserable and mad. 
even if it's not overt, you know, maybe it's just kind of like gnawing at you under the surface, you know, like when you start to get a little bit hungry and you just feel that like tugging inside, like, oh, I better eat something. Well, that's the same kind of tugging that can happen when you're not managing your mind. And we want to do that because we want to be socially responsible. Something that's pretty important for you to know is that the path to awakening can get a little bit messy sometimes. It can leave you feeling exposed and ripped open. And I'm not trying to scare you, but having also felt that way while trying to hide for years, it's okay because it's just more satisfying to feel and then be set free than to feel and be in a mental prison. And I'm not here trying to tell you that connecting to higher consciousness is going to make everything awesome because it won't. But I am here to share how this heightened awareness of what you're thinking and how you're feeling and who you surround yourself with and how you talk to yourself can open you up to a way of being inside your body and brain that is socially responsible, such that you can heal inner wounds and forgive people and let go of stuff and just be lighter. Personally, I wore a mask long before coronavirus came to town. I was hiding and pretending and faking. I dated guys to try and feel whole. I stayed in a career that I thought I needed to have any value. I looked in the mirror and rarely thought anything good about myself. I compared instead of admiring, which that's another episode altogether. I spent a lot of time feeding myself so many, if I just get, or if I just have stories, thinking that somehow something outside of myself would make me okay. Or that someone else was going to swoop in and save me. All of that stuff, soul blockers. It all keeps you spinning on a hamster wheel, which, you know, that's a pretty perfect representation of what human minds do. They spin round and round, repeating patterns, stories, beliefs, repeat, repeat, repeat. And sure, we step off to have moments of creativity, let's say, right? You're in the flow of doing a drawing or making something in the kitchen or maybe you play an instrument, you're flowing. You're kind of out of your thinking mind and you're in a a doing action place. But regularly, it's pretty hard to get out of the autopilot function of your brain. Think about even in conversation, right? You, You can start to catch yourself planning your own part while the other person is still talking because we're holding so tight to what lives in our own minds that we're often not even really hearing what someone else is saying because we can't get still enough to really let it in. Now, of course, the ultimate way to get still is to meditate. But meditation can be a little bit intimidating, and at least that's what the case was for me at first. So I'm not telling you to start doing this yet unless you really want to. 
And if you're already into meditating, congratulations, because that shit is hard. <laughs> um, but what I do want to encourage you to start doing is uh, get yourself a mantra and say it every day. Now, traditionally, a mantra is a little bit different than what I'm suggesting here, uh, which is more of an affirmation. But tomato, tomato, we're using it um, in, in the same kind of way. Because this is a great, simple way to guide your mind to a focused place outside of autopilot thoughts. And bonus, if you deal with anxiety, <laughs> as I have and um, have really learned to manage, uh, a mantra can provide you some relief there as well. There are studies about it. There's science behind it about um, you know how it can uh, adjust some of the, the chemistry in your brain and how it unlocks a level of relaxation and go ahead, look it up. <laughs> and it's okay if you're having a judgment thought right now, like, hell no, I will not make a mantra for myself or find a mantra for myself. Um, I've been there. I resisted it at first too. My whole life was resistance. But please trust me as a regular girl going through this process, go with the flow here with me. And you're probably going to need to test drive a few different mantras before you find one that works. And by works, <laughs> I really just mean finding one that feels good when you say it. The first time I remember using a repetitive phrase to help myself was when I started distance running in like 2008 or 9. And I had been in some really crappy relationships. I was miserable at my job. I was struggling with serious anxiety that I didn't know was anxiety until I went to see a therapist, which I, t I talked about briefly in the first episode. And so I had turned to running um, and like making running be my medicine at the time because I wasn't ready for the real medicine. I was like, I'm going to do this for myself. So um, training for and doing marathons while also fundraising. Um, which I did through the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, shout out LLS, um, because that's how I was attempting to deal with myself at the time. I was like, I'm going to do for others. I'm going to run for this person and I'm going to raise money for this organization, which, you know, all that stuff is great to do. But, you know, unless you're really doing inner healing work wholeheartedly, you're just kind of band-aiding a gushing internal wound, which is another thing I wouldn't awaken to until years later. But anyway, when I would find my brain trying to tell me that I couldn't run any farther, even though my body felt fine, I would start to say over and over again, I run to run and not to walk. I run to run and not to walk. So I would like chant this in my head as I was like, you know, you're on mile 18 or 19 or whatever, um, doing these training runs. And I was like, whoa, this is pretty powerful. I was able to shut off the can't control center in my mind and then initiate this override command just by repeating a little phrase. Now, was I applying this power to other parts of my life? No, <laughs> I wasn't. It really just became a dusty tool in the mind shed when I wasn't running. However, years later, I was ready to reconnect with the concept of a repetitive phrase to focus the mind. And so now I 
I do it daily. <laughs> and the one that stuck for me comes from Deepak Chopra. And if you don't know who Deepak Chopra is, please look him up. Um, he has often written about and spoken about these four intentions that he lives by to create peace for himself. And I just loved it. Um, so I started saying these things every day to myself. It's how I first began to meditate. I just sit there and repeat these phrases over and over in my head each morning because I wasn't ready to just sit there and watch my thoughts float by, which is kind of what you're supposed to do with meditation when you're starting. You know, you observe the thoughts and you don't dive into them. I was like, uh, too scared to be alone with my thoughts. So I'm just going to repeat Deepak Chopra's four intentions for living, um, you know, a more peaceful life. And then I started to say it out loud because I really needed to. <laughs> and my kids loved it. And so then we built the saying um, into bedtime and we say it every night when I tuck them in. And this is what it is. And again, this is what works for me. And maybe you love it and you'll use it too, but you got to find something that works for you. So this is it. Joyful, energetic body. Loving, compassionate heart. Quiet, alert mind. Lightness of being. And having these little sayings, and I always, I say them all together. We can reach for these words anytime. Instead of getting caught up in muddy mental waters, we shift. When we are frazzled, frantic, flustered, feeling lonely, worried, impatient, whatever, we can remind ourselves what it looks like to bring peace into play. And so again, for me, these are the words that really resonate and that I turn to joyful, energetic body, loving, compassionate heart, quiet, alert mind, lightness of being. Now, uh, personally, I connect well with song. And so I turned these into a little sing-along song type thing that um, just brings me an extra level of piece. And the kids, again, they love it too. And so you can borrow this if you want or turn your own mantra that you find into a song. But this is how ours goes. Joyful, energetic body, loving, compassionate heart, quiet, alert mind, lightness of being. And then sometimes we do it with flair. Joyful, energetic body, Loving, compassionate heart, quiet, alert mind, lightness of being. <laughs> so again, you can use this one or find or make up a mantra that feels good to you. And again, you know, traditionally mantra is like, you know, OM or uh, like um, just a, a, a small repeated um, one syllable thing, but again, for our purposes, you, you can do it more like a, an affirmation and use it, uh, in this repetitive way. Okay. And 
then start to build a pocket of time into your life when you repeat it. You could try it in the shower instead of replaying that conversation you had that's still bothering you. You could try it as you fall asleep instead of reliving that embarrassing moment at the store. You could say it in the morning 10 or 20 times before you pick up your phone and start scrolling. And then connect with me and tell me what mantra you've chosen or how or when you're working it into your life because I want to cheer you on. You can find me on Instagram. My handle is just like the title of the podcast at socially responsible. I look forward to hearing from you. In gratitude for liking what you hear, please take a moment to leave a review, subscribe, and share Socially Responsible, A Regular Girl's Guide to Spiritual Awakening.